I'm Faith Torres, Miss Gibraltar 2022, and this is my interview with The Pageant Project. Hello everyone, it's Adrian from The Pageant Project. My special guest for today is Faith Torres, who is Miss Gibraltar 2022. Faith, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. I'm good. I'm great. I am going to apologize now for not being able to say your surname correctly. I cannot roll my R (laughs) without spitting all over the webcam. How do you pronounce it, just for the record? Torres. You have to roll it a little bit. I cannot do that without spitting everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there any trick to being able to roll your arms? I... I think it's just practice. It's like muscle memory. You just have to okay. your way away until <laughs> so you can fit it into words. Okay, I, I will dedicate 10 minutes every day for the rest yeah. of my life to, to practicing that. Um, Faith, I guess the first question is, I mean, you were crowned a fair while ago, probably yeah. about six months um, can you walk us through what life has been like since you yeah. were crowned? Well, in a place so small like Gibraltar, everyone kind of knows everyone. So when I was crowned, that like propelled me to the forefront of society. And all of a sudden, everyone was watching my every move. And, you know, I was getting involved in many different projects and charity work. So I've basically just been busy with charity since then. I've also started working a full time job. <laughs> So juggling both is a bit difficult at times, but, you know, if I schedule everything correctly, I'm having a great time. Where, um, whereabouts did you start working? Because the interviews that I saw you, I think you had just graduated and we'll, we'll get to the yeah. degree that you work in. Um, I thought you were taking a gap year and taking it easy. So that's no longer yeah, the case. Yeah, that's not it. <laughs> so that was my intention. Um, but Obviously, I need a job because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bolton isn't a, it doesn't pay. So I need a job. So I started working in the labs, in the hospital labs, in our only hospital we have in Gibraltar. Um, and it was a couple of months ago that I started. So I've been Mr. Bolton longer than I've been a lab worker. <laughs> and in the other interview I saw, you mentioned that you might be doing bloods. So is that where you ended up doing bloods? Blood, I do a bit of everything. I'm still like training in where it is. So I go into all different departments. I try to learn a bit um, in everything. But I find it really interesting, the hematology side of things. My father is a hematologist. So yeah, yeah, I I know a little bit about what you're talking about. But I just want to go back to Gibraltar. Now, Mm -hmm. I am not good with history, nor am I good with geography. Um, I hated history in school. I spent... I spent this afternoon um, studying about Gibraltar. Well, I was, had a YouTube video going and um, absolutely fascinated. So it's 2.6 square miles, yeah. apparently, but got a population of about 25,000, which it's makes small. it like the fifth most like densely populated country. It's small. I think we are 30,000. 30,000. 30, but we have so many workers coming in over the border every single morning. We have approximately, I think it's ten to 15,000. So 
I think we're one of the most densely populated. We have to be. We have no space <laughs> with loads of people. So, um, and then I also saw your airport, which for some reason, everyone on YouTube was saying world's most dangerous airport yeah. or one of the world's most dangerous airports. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, what does that mean? Because I've seen airports where planes have to do crazy things to land. This one looked relatively normal. And then I said, I looked at it and went, is that a road running across the <laughs> middle of the runway? Yeah. Yeah, so how yeah. does that work? So you've got the runway and then there's so this road going there's across. There's runway in the middle and then there's like barriers on either side. So there's guards there whenever it's safe, the barriers open up, the cars go and you can walk through. And then when there's a plane coming, <laughs> barriers close, it's obviously cleared up, the plane comes and then we can walk again. This, this I think it's, it came out... out. No, because no, for me it's so normal. It's been there all this time. So, but I think it came out on the History Channel a few years ago that it was the second or third most dangerous or most outrageous airport because of the runway. Outrageous, I can understand. Dangerous, yeah. it was, it's not. I don't know. I don't know how they classify dangerous, but um, obviously representing such a small country, twenty-five to thirty thousand people. I mean. You know, some football stadiums, even here in Australia, yeah, can yeah. seat 80,000 people. Yeah. Um, and then I looked back at Gibraltar and I was like, um, I was fascinated to find out that Gibraltar actually has won Miss World in the past, back in 2009. <laughs> so it certainly has history. Um, and yeah. I know that you look up to, uh, forgive me, I can't remember the name, but the previous winner as one of your role models. Um, you listed yeah, Marie yeah. Curie and, yeah. oh, is it Malala? I, I can't Malala, remember. yeah. Um, so do you, have you got in contact with the previous winner at all? Do you yes. know her at all? Yes. yes, so she lives in Gibraltar. <laughs> so I see her in the street. I see her, you know, every now and then. We haven't really, like, met up um, to, like, discuss things or anything. That is definitely, like, on the table, though. But, yeah, we exchange messages. She always sends me, like, oh, you're doing so well. I saw this thing that you did. And, yeah. It's just crazy because for me, she won when I was nine. So for me, she was like a celebrity. I was like, oh my gosh, it's Miss World. And just the fact that she's like messaging me now, I get a bit starstruck. But <laughs> Did you see um, or did you go to her homecoming? That's something else I saw on YouTube. Yes, we all got, well, I was in school. We got the afternoon off and everyone got time off work to go and see her. Yeah, it was like a massive event. <laughs> We've never had anything like that happen before to Gibraltar. So... She came back um, and then she did this like parade down the main street. Um, it's like a cavalcade. We have a cavalcade every year. And this was, it, it was like a cavalcade. And she just went from the main square all the way to City Hall. And then she wow. came out on the balcony with the mayor and stuff. And then she was mayor. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. She was the following year, I think. I was just astonished to find that. I mean, because there are like a lot bigger pageant countries that are yet to miss win Miss World, and I wasn't expecting to find that Gibraltar, Gibraltar had it. <laughs> so Gibraltar's on the map. Obviously, there's some yeah. precedent with Miss World in particular. Um, but I guess a question that I have is, how would you describe Gibraltar to someone who's never been? Because to me, it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I always so have to do ways. this because when I go on holiday, I go on a cruise, or even when I went to university, I studied in the UK. Um, I'm like, oh, I'm from... Well, firstly, they're like, where's that accent from? <laughs> and I'm I like, was, and I, I always say, say, my favourite thing is guests because the guesses are amazing. <laughs> they put me all over the place. But 
then I say, oh, I'm from Gibraltar. And everyone goes, oh, what? <laughs> Where's <Yeah>. that? <laughs> so I basically just say it's in the southern tip of Spain, but we're British. Um, and it's just a very small little peninsula that we live in. It's mainly a massive rock with reclaimed land around it. Um, but we're just very loving people. And we've got a lot of, you know, beautiful scenery, a lot of history to us. So if anyone comes, I'd recommend that they obviously go and see all the touristic sites and all of that. But it takes like a day to see everything because it's all so close. Um, and then I'd say go out and get to know the people because we're so warm and accepting that I just want everyone to meet us. <laughs> okay, that's Now, I've worked with the UK girls a lot and yeah. I love I love them to death. But just in general, because I've interviewed people around the world, I don't think the first thing that comes to mind when they describe the Brits is warm and warm accepting and, and accepting. loving. It tends to be yeah. a little bit the other way. So <laughs> you guys, you guys are, are part of the UK, but your accent yeah. to me is fascinating. It's the first thing when I heard it, it's like it's English, but it's not. Like but it's, it's British, not. but it's not. Yeah, it, yeah. It's something. Yeah, I mean, because I was asking AI, my best friend AI, ChatGPT, can you describe the Gibraltarian accent to me? Because I can't quite work it out. And yeah. even the AI couldn't quite describe it. So what what parts go into, I mean, it sounds like a melting pot. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's so mixed and different generations speak differently. For example, I sound like this and everyone around my age speaks like me. The younger generation doesn't, we all speak Spanish but they yeah. don't speak as much Spanish. So their accent is slightly more English, maybe yeah. a little more even American. Okay. I don't know how to describe it. But then as the generations get older, it sounds more and more Spanish. Like you should hear my dad speak. <laughs> okay. Like no one, he speaks in English. And everyone's like, you really have to concentrate to know what he's saying, but it's his first language. <laughs> but yeah, they sound more, the older generation sounds more, Spanishy, I don't know okay. how to more Hispanic, not Spanish. They sound more Hispanic when they speak, right? And, and I think it has to do with because they lived through a closed border, so they yeah. couldn't really get out anywhere. Like I've been to UK, I've travelled. Like obviously, I've you know, and I've got social media. I speak to people with different accents all the time. So and TV as well. When I was growing up, I had American TV, I had British like UK television. In Jib, we only had. GBC and one Spanish, a couple of Spanish channels. That's what my parents grew up with. So obviously they sound a little bit different. It sounds it sounds absolutely fascinating. Does yeah. um does Gibraltar have its own dialect? That was something that I was I was sort of looking into. And it said like you guys yeah. almost have your own dialect. Yeah. We have I wouldn't say it's it's a dialect. It's obviously not a language because it's like it's just Spanglish. We just yeah. mix it so much i'll start a sentence in one language and finish it in another or there's some words that i only know in spanish there's some words i only know in english but you know slowly we've made our own we have words for certain things that are neither english or spanish so wow. yeah it's called janito <laughs> okay um I wonder if that's going to be an interesting experience for you when you're at miss world because you might slip yeah. into suddenly speaking in spanish thought. Yeah, and the yeah. girls would be like, what? what? <laughs> no, I never thought that I spoke 
so mixed. I never thought I spoke Spanish so mixed until I went to university. And everyone was like, we can't, you have to speak slower. You can't really understand what you're saying. And I'm like, what? I didn't, I don't know. There's obviously like now I'm making a conscious effort to just speak in English. But yeah. at first when I went to university, I was like, oh, I, I speak English. Like, I'm just going to go. I, I spoke however, like, and there are a few words that slip that I don't, I don't notice myself. I like how they were asking you to speak more slowly like, as if speaking a foreign language that they don't understand yeah, yeah. would help them. It's still yeah. a word they don't understand. Um, I'm going to assume, but I, I won't assume, I'll ask you, Gibraltar must have its own identity though, right? So you went to study in the UK and obviously yeah. technically you guys, well, you guys are part of the UK, yeah. not technically you are part of the UK, but I'm assuming when you went over there, it still didn't feel quite like home though, right? Yeah, no, no, because it's it's very different. The the culture, the atmosphere, something as simple as the climate, it's so, so different. Everyone sounds so different. Everyone looks different. I don't know. It was very, it was a shock for me because in Jib, we're also, again, we're so close. We know each other so well. I was like dropped in this massive pond. I was a bit like, well, what's going on? But... It was just strange to not see any familiar faces past you. No one sounds like you. You feel a bit out of your comfort zone. You have yeah. to do everything. Like you have to meet new people, new friends. You have to get to know a new city and traveling. Like in Gibraltar, we don't have to travel at all. You can do from the border to Europa Point in no time. So yeah. the first time I got a train, I was like, what is this? Where am I going? Do you... But, um? How do you get around in Gibraltar? Because obviously it's quite small. So do you guys just yeah. walk? You could walk everywhere. Obviously, it gets to a point where it is a bit much. Okay. Um, but and depends where you're going. If you're going up the rock, if you're going somewhere that you know land starts to go up, you'd obviously. I've got a little moped, so it's not so much a car. It's like a bike, and I go around on my little bike. That's my form of transport because it's just me. There are a lot of cars. I think um, statistically we don't do very well in terms of cars per capita or something. Like it's not too good for the right. environment because we all have cars in a very small place. Like traffic is quite heavy, especially around the frontier because the queues are outrageous. But I can yeah. I can only imagine. It, it's it sounds like a fascinating place. I have to, I have to admit, yeah. before I did my research, I had no idea. I had heard of Gibraltar and the Rock of Gibraltar, yeah. But beyond yes. that, I had no idea. Um, when you went to the UK, whereabouts did you study? What city in were Oxford. you? In? Oxford. Oxford. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Oxford so Brooks. talk about a <laughs> talk about a culture shock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was a lot, but I liked it because you... it was like a. It's like an old town. It looks like an old town and parts of Gibraltar, like the inner city, so not the reclaimed side, the inner city is like an old town. So it reminded me of, you know, the old buildings, reminded me of the city walls at home. So it was nice, but it was so much bigger. So like huge culture shock. But, yeah. I can imagine. I mean, Miss World is supposed to be held. I'm not sure when, hopefully no, soon, no, but no, somewhere no. in... Um, in, I think it's Dubai, isn't it? In the UAE. Yeah, they said so. um, the Arab Emirates. So yeah. I'm going to assume Dubai because it's the biggest place, you yeah. know, it's the most touristic place. Yeah. But yeah, I'm super excited. 
I've never really left Europe, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. so I'm really excited to travel. I was the whole time, I was like, please don't let it be in Europe. Just please, please don't let it be. You just wanted to see something else or you wanted to go somewhere warm? Or? I, wanted, I just wanted to travel far because oh. I wouldn't really travel that far, you know, either by myself or with my family, we wouldn't go somewhere so far away. We just keep within, you know, within Europe. I see. So I was Absolutely. like, oh my gosh, please, I want to go. And especially because we're going to spend so much time there. It's quite a few weeks, yeah. I'd assume. So I'd be like, oh, please, it'll be somewhere so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have a, over a month there, I think. Miss yeah. World Internationally is one of the longer pageants. And then obviously if you yeah. go a little bit before and you want to stay a little bit after, if you're not completely exhausted, I mean, you do have a full-time job. So getting time off yeah. work could be interesting. <laughs> um but uh, that that area of the world, Dubai, is from what you were saying, it sounds completely polar opposite. It's a lot of people, yeah. ultra modern. Um, yeah. I, I haven't spent much time there, but it sounds culturally very, very different. I have to ask you, very importantly, most important because you are a pageant girl, food. What did you think about UK food? Well, okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> okay so. <laughs> thing is in jib we have such a mix of different cuisines it's mainly like spanish but it's more mediterranean because you know we're very big on the italian food side as well we have lots of i don't know i don't know how to explain it we're just such a mix of i just described it as mediterranean and in uk it's very different <laughs> it's very different it's not so very <laughs> I, I don't know how to say. I don't know how to explain this. It's not that varied. I, 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 there was a really nice place. It was called Al Andalus. So Andalusia is the closest city to us. Yes. Um, it's just across the Bay of Gibraltar. And um, this place in Oxford. I don't know how I found it. It was in one of these little passageways in the high street. It was called Al Andalus, and it was like Andalusian tapas, and I loved wow. it. I was like, oh my gosh, it's like my house. <laughs> it's like my mom. <laughs> it was so good. It sounds like you didn't have much luck with <laughs> with the UK food. Did you try any any things like black pudding or eaten mess or those dishes that no. just have very I've weird and wonderful names? I've always been a very, names? very fussy eater. So I don't oh, really span out to... I'm not that brave when it comes to these things. <laughs> so I try to stick with them what I'm used to is what I like but I'm obviously open to like trying new things but I know I'm such a fussy eater the chances are it's not gonna go down very well <laughs> what is a food that everyone loves that you hate oh my gosh I don't know I'm not I really don't like Indian food like so Indian no curries no I really don't I like I and I want to like every time my friends are like oh my gosh let's order this or let's go and eat here I'm like yeah yeah okay I get myself something then I have I'm like okay have it like it's, it's all in my head it's all in my head I have a bit and I'm like why have I had this <laughs> why did I order this but no yeah I just wish I I liked more things I do think it's something that I'll eventually overcome because from the time I was like a young girl like 10 11 12 to now I've you know my 
like scope for food <laughs> has really expanded. So I'm hoping this will carry on. Okay. All right. Uh, um, you, you mentioned obviously Spanish influences and then Mediterranean. I mean, that all sounds delicious. Um, yeah. Are there any dishes that are particular to Gibraltar? I noticed you keep referring to Gibraltar as jib. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know that was a thing. But yeah. um, are there any particular dishes that are unique to Gibraltar? It's very, I'd say what we would consider traditional food for us is is very Spanish influenced, like influenced. Right. Uh, there's there's one thing that we have called calentita, which is like this, it's made with chickpeas. It looks like a little, I don't know how to say this in English, is it? Like an empanadilla. <laughs> it's like a like little... I don't know pancake? how to describe it. Like a pancake, a flatbread? No, it's like it's like a f kind of like flatbread, but it's it's not. It's done with like chicken. Like a tortilla. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like a tortilla, yeah. So it's made with chickpeas and you can put like whatever you want inside, essentially. And we have a... It's actually coming up for the first time since COVID this summer. We have a calentita night. So everyone goes out on the street. There's markets everywhere. And we all eat that. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you a secret. I don't like it that much. <laughs> okay. But, okay. You know, <laughs> it's I, because I, I'm a picky eater. I love going out. I love the whole street party that we have. I'm there. I live for it. I'm there from start to finish. But I'll probably only have one. <laughs> it, it sounds like it'd be very handy to be such a picky eater when it comes to like pageant and modeling prep, though, because if you don't like. Yeah any of these foods you're not going to eat a lot but you must have some food you can't be a pageant no, girl like, if there's oh no God. food that you like i mean what what is, is the one thing that problem. you live by well i wouldn't say it's a problem i like the things i shouldn't i love Chocolate. i love pizzas burgers Pizza. nuggets stuff like that i just oh my gosh i could have it every day i, I do <laughs> <laughs> i do i try to control myself a bit but i do have variations of it that might make it a bit healthier i'm lucky i like salads and I make okay. my own kind of, I put different things. I don't follow a recipe. My mom, I'm like, oh my gosh, mom, do you think you can do me a salad with this, this, and this? <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I can't yeah, believe no. you, you, you live around Italian and Mediterranean and you're eating nuggets. That's, yeah. that's such I a... love Italian food. It's my favorite cuisine. I would have it every day. Breakfast, lunch, yeah. tea, dinner. I have the whole thing. It's one that of those makes... things that I could, if I go to an Italian restaurant, this is something else that I do. If someone says, oh, we're going to go to a restaurant, I look at the menu before. <laughs> it's my anxiety. I can't deal with the pressure of sitting there like, I don't like anything. Now what do I do? <laughs> so I make sure I like something before. And okay. I like prepare myself. But at somewhere like an Italian restaurant, I know I'll open it and I like almost everything. I don't have to do that. <laughs> I had a um, former Miss Universe Great Britain over here. Well, at the time when she was over, yeah. she was about your age. And then she went on to compete and win Miss Universe Great Britain and made top 16. Wow. But she sounds almost as fussy as you. And I didn't know. She didn't tell me. And I'm not used to being around fussy eaters. I haven't met that many. And when mm -hmm. someone says they're fussy, I, I never think, oh, okay, so it's just like a couple of things you don't like. So oh, when weird. I first met her here, I took her to a Chinese restaurant. And in Chinese restaurants, it's very common to just you don't have like a piece of fish like you would have yeah. in a Western restaurant. You get the whole fish that comes out mm -hmm. on the plate with the head and the tail, and then oh. it's kind of dismembered in front of you. And then we also had a crab 
or lobster. So the whole thing sort of comes out and you just pick it up with your hands and you start eating it. And she, I swear she spent the whole time just sitting there unable to eat anything oh except steamed white rice. And I felt so sorry for her, but I've never Aww. been so self-conscious. <laughs> so, I mean, look, you're, you're in good company. There's certainly, she's done very well in pageants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, if we, if we come back for, go back for a second, I mean, obviously you are Miss Gibraltar, as I understand it was your first pageant. Yes. And, and you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but you entered it really to work on yourself. You, you mentioned your anxiety and yeah, how you yeah, suffered yeah. with it in the past. And you mm-hmm. didn't enter to win as much as you entered to prove to yourself that you could do yeah. it and you could yeah. do anything you set your mind to. And now you've yeah. gone and won it. And yeah. now you'll be traveling overseas <laughs> to represent your country. So just yeah. walk us through that journey because I also, I know someone, I mean, if you can just see behind me, there's, you see a bit of a banner. That's a book yeah. I released on Amazon with another pageant queen. She suffered from extreme anxiety, panic attacks, yeah. Yeah. having to lock herself in bathrooms. It was terrible. And then we released a book on Amazon on women's mental health and it hit number mm-hmm. one. So I have some experience with what you're talking about. But yeah. can you just walk me through that journey? So I've always loved, like, I am a scientist, like, that's my profession, but I always have always loved music, the performing arts. I've played piano since I was seven. Um, I've sang in choirs. I've represented Gibraltar as part of um, the choir. But this whole performance anxiety thing is something that I've struggled to overcome all the way up to the night of Miss Gibraltar before I was backstage, like literally just sat there trying to like channel my energy, my nerves into excitement. But Anyway, so when I was younger, I remember I was going to play my first piano recital. I must have been mm. eight. It was in the governor's house. I was like, I must be wow. quite good. <laughs> I was remember thinking, I must be quite good. I'm only eight. I'm going to play here. And obviously, it was the first time that I'm, I was going to, you know, go up on a stage by myself. And I completely chickened out. I had a little panic attack. I like thought to myself, okay, I'm one of those people who have stage fright. Like it's something that I'm gonna live with. I always thought when like in school, when someone would ask, the teacher would ask me to read out loud, I'd always get Mm. so nervous. Like my voice would be so shaky. I was one of those kids. I was always very shy and nervous. And then growing up, obviously it was something that I had such a passion for. I thought I have to overcome this slowly. I'll have to overcome this. So I joined the choir. I started, you know, being on stage every chance that I got, I tried to get on stage. So when I was like 15, 15, yeah, 15 or 16, um, in Gibraltar, they do the Young Musicians Festival. So it's like open entry, anyone can enter, they bring an adjudicator from abroad. And, you know, they just, it's like a little festival that anyone can watch. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play. I think, I think I've come to the point where I can do this. Um, and I played two pieces. And, you know, I got through them successfully. I was super happy. I was so nervous. And this is the thing that I hate. I'm a pianist. And when I get nervous, my hands shake. I could have hiccups. I could have anything else. But no, my hands shake. So it was difficult. But anyway, I played, like, during the course of the week. Every day is, you know, they've got different categories and stuff. Um, And I was called after my, my day. And they were like, could you please play this specific piece in the gala? I was like, wow, mm-hmm. wow, okay. And then I was like, oh no, I have to play again. <laughs> but I was like, wow, okay. So obviously they liked it. Anyway, so obviously being there in the gala, it was more, 
it was more nerve-wracking because it was a bigger stage there was more people but I, I had been asked to be there it was obviously for a reason so I thought yes that's the first time I thought oh they they want me to be they've asked me to be here like and it's because of what I showed them so I'm gonna play the same thing I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit down and do it like I have to even if I don't believe it myself I have to tell myself that it's all gonna be okay I'm here for a reason I've worked yeah. for this yeah like I owe it to myself to to play so they call it like the awards start happening they call the singers and stuff and it, the pianist I think it was me and you know it's an ager so I was like the teenager then I was like a little girl a younger guy um and then they said and the prize for the best pianist under 18 and I was like oh it's probably this little, cute little girl or this and that and then they called me and I was like wow <laughs> that's the first like music award that I won by myself like me from sitting down dedicating time into practicing and and being like disciplined yeah. enough to carry this out and not only like the music side the personal side of mm. you know I have to bring myself to do this I've worked so hard you know every day I've tried to at least I say like oh mom just sit down and listen to me play this and when my family's over guys just just mm. listen I get nervous for that as well I'm like okay just listen then my friends would come over I'd play for them so opening up to a stage and an audience was so much and you know the reward not just because it was the prize that it was but just the reward for being there with all the musicians everyone you know appreciating the work that we do was amazing so from then on I'm not saying that like it's gone like my performance anxiety has left like it hasn't but it's definitely it showed me that that was the first step in I can do this if I work hard I can do this I, I'm my biggest critique mm. so slowly I started you know whenever they'd ask me to play I'd be like yeah sure I'd play here like different places with the choir I'd sing in smaller groups um and yeah and I've always loved like modeling I've always been asked to do like fashion shows and stuff before Mr. Rota um, and I, again, I'd get so nervous. I think to myself, Faith, you're literally walking. Like you walk down the street every single day, like bring us, pull yourself together. <laughs> but there's something, it's so, modeling and pageantry is so different because yeah. for me, modeling, it's about the art, the clothes, and yeah. you know, you're showcasing someone's work. Pad a pageant is you. It's showcasing you. Showcasing yourself. You're showcasing yourself. And for someone with a lot of anxiety, that's very difficult because you're sometimes in a bit of a battle with yourself. Mm. So if you can't be your own number one fan, it's a bit like, how do I expect everyone else <laughs> to support me if I don't, if I find it hard to support myself? So yeah, entering Mischief was like the ultimate challenge for me because it's me trying, I have to be the best I can be, not for myself, but for the show and you know, everyone in Gibraltar, again, everyone knows who you are. Everyone knows, like, your family and stuff. So I had a lot. I knew everyone was going to be watching. There was so much support. So, I did, I, again, it's like a bit of pressure. Like, oh, I, I hope they like it. I hope I don't let anyone down. But, no, yeah, I'm super glad that I did it. Because even if, you know, whatever way the crown would have gone, I still yeah. did it. Like, I did the show from start to finish. So... I was super proud of myself for doing that and you know every day and every event will get easier when they ask me to speak like on GBC which is the, like, mm. the BBC of Gibraltar <laughs> when they ask me to speak on GBC again I get so nervous but I'm like I have to say yes because every time does get easier yeah. not that much but a little bit it does get easier each time and I have to prepare because in this world 
they're not gonna care they're just gonna be like you have to speak <laughs> you have to say yeah. something and i want to i want to share my journey and my projects and everything that i do i want to share that with everyone but i have to it's almost as if i have to get past myself to do that you know what i mean like i'm standing in my own way but i can't help you and in my head i'm like girl get over yourself <laughs> like you've got yeah. this you you constantly prove to you work hard and it pays off so yeah i just have to keep that train of thought i work hard it will it will come back the hard work will come back around to repay me in some way i think just going back to what you said about your hands shaking oh when you're God. playing the piano and it being like not the best symptom to have yeah. your pianist i'm a violinist as a violinist shaking is even worse because at, at least I would, because on a piano you hit a key you hit a key the violin if you're shaking by like a millimeter or so it's gonna sound it's awful. Change. <laughs> yeah um yeah. i i've performed on some pretty big stages i mean i don't play anymore but like the sydney opera house here mm -hmm. and getting on stage and you, you look into this vast sea of black and you can't see mm -hmm. anyone but you know they're out there and mm -hmm. i don't know about you but for me the classical music sort of not the industry but the yeah we'll call it the industry mm. everything has to be so precise you know yeah. what i mean like e even yeah. like in concerts there are times when you're allowed to clap and you're not supposed to clap yeah, and you yeah. clap at the wrong time oh people I judge you yeah, yeah yeah they always invite me so in gibraltar when there's like a sometimes we have classical yeah like either like a symphony orchestra or a classical musician we, they yeah. come over and being like a classical musician in like the public eye yeah. I would get invited to these things, but I, I wouldn't know like <laughs> when to clap and not to clap. I remember we were in up the rock in St Michael's yeah. Cave. It's like right. a massive cave and it's got a stage. The mystery oh, Bodge wow. used to be held in there. Yeah, like back in the day, used to be held in there. So the acoustics in there are so beautiful that whenever an orchestra comes, usually they opt to yeah to go yeah. into that theater instead of any of the others we have. Um, and everything echoes in there. I remember they finished one um, one movement. You're not supposed to clap between movements, no? Something like yep. that. Yep. And after Don't the first that. one, I loved it so much. I was like... Oh, no, no. <laughs> and then I noticed I was the only one. I was like, oh my gosh, how impact <laughs> is this? But yeah, I just like it hit myself. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never doing that again. And now when I go to one of these events, I, I literally sit with my hands on my lap. I'm like, I'm not going to clap to someone else's. <laughs> Yep, you're not supposed to clap between yeah. movements. Um, but uh, yeah, you reserve your applause for the end of the whole oh, yeah. thing. I know, I know. But yeah, see, cla cla classical music is if you talk about performance anxiety, I think like classical music is a game of millimeters, not even mm -hmm. like you play one wrong note in an entire piece, and your brain can just get fixated on that one one wrong note you played. And the chances are probably no one else heard it, although it's classical music, yeah. so maybe someone did. But I mean, it's very true when you say you, you're your own worst critic. I, I don't mm -hmm. think that's unique to you, but I did speak to someone recently who said, you're always going to be your worst critic. So what you have to do is be your own best friend as well. Be mm -hmm. your biggest cheerleader, which I thought was a very interesting concept that you could be both your biggest critic yeah, and your yeah. biggest cheerleader at the same time. But I just want to back up and ask you, because obviously you're young, you're model, you're now Mr. Brawlter, and you're saying that you deal with anxiety. Now, yeah. I know from experience with my young friends in pageantry who have dealt with it, 
there's we'll call it a stigma or like a stereotype. Yeah. People look at someone who's young, seemingly high achieving, and mm-hmm. they go, "What the hell is she talking about? She can't yeah, have anxiety. Yeah. Like she wouldn't be on the stage or be a model. She had anxiety, so she's just making this yeah, whole yeah. thing up." Have you dealt with any of that? Yeah, I mean, I say to people, look, I'm I'm a really shy, I consider myself a shy person, but I just almost forced myself to to not be. I, I forced myself out there because it's something that I want to do, something that I love doing. And I feel like being someone with anxiety, I can, I think many girls and anyone for that matter can mm. see themselves in me. And I just want them to know that your mental health, regardless of what it is that you're dealing with, doesn't define you. It doesn't put a barrier into your success. That only happens if you allow it to happen. Like as out of control as sometimes it can seem, you, you think, oh, I've got nothing under control. Like everything's up in the air. You can control how you perceive yourself. You can control how you you know, manage these stresses. So I think it's important that you identify triggers. Like for mm-hmm. me, it's, I I think it's fear of messing up or fear of being judged or not liked or something something of that sort because it's been so long that I've been like that with myself. So I'm like, I hope mm-hmm. everyone likes me and they don't see through this. Or I hope, you know what I mean? So I think everyone just has to identify and recognize that, they have anxiety or whatever it is that they have so that way you can navigate around the situation with more of an insight you know what I mean because for example when I'm feeling really anxious it makes me think really irrationally and so when I start spiraling my head starts spiraling I'm like okay this is me being anxious I literally stop I'm like okay I have to stop because I'm I'm thinking completely irrationally if you're not aware that you have anxiety or something you let that spiral continue of course so I think it's important that you, again, you make yourself your own cheerleader and think, look, everything's okay. This, I have this, but it's not who I am. It's just, it just so happens to be a characteristic of mine that I'm in control of because yeah. I say so. And that might seem very difficult in the moment, but you are in control ultimately. And you have to, again, be your your own support system because you are with yourself for the rest of your life whether you like it or not so you have to work on the person that you are like you would I always think whenever I'm going through something I think what would I tell my best friend I take emotion out of it a bit and I think what would I tell my best friend right would I advise her like this like that and then I try and apply it to myself um and I think it really helps it really helps because you you almost detach yourself from from the anxiety and you see it from an outside perspective so yeah when I thought about doing all this <laughs> I was like yes I've got anxiety but it doesn't define me and it's not gonna I'm not gonna allow it to get into the, in the way of everything that I want to do and I think it's needed these conversations need to be had especially mm. in in public with public profiles because yeah. it just shows that you can do anything regardless of what you have you can do anything and I want to show that if you've got anxiety or you've got, you know, stage fright or whatever, if you really want to do something, you have the passion to do it. If you work hard and dedicate your time into not perfecting because nothing's perfect, but if you dedicate your time yeah. to what you want to do and working on yourself so you can be the best for what you do, nothing should get in the way. But you have to have that acceptance of yourself and cheer yourself on first. You can't expect everyone to cheer for you. Of you course. can't. 
Yeah, but you haven't, from the sounds of it, you haven't let this really get in your way at all. Um, and I think that's that's not only like a great thing, but it's something that I'm curious about because obviously you deal with performance anxiety, particularly with being on stage. But it seems to me there's some quality in you that doesn't let that stop yeah. you. So what is that quality that doesn't let that get in the way? Is it stubbornness? Is it courage? Is it grit? What What is that other I quality? Think, I always think if I have a mentality of why not me? If I watch other girls, I'm like, why them and not me? You know what I mean? When I see people up on stage, musicians, I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> I've worked to do things like this. Why Why can't I do it? And there's no answer to it. Why can't I do it? I can. Yeah. And I've always, you know, tried to propel myself forward again like I'd say to my friend like you have got nothing to worry about everyone's on your side as long as as much as you might not think it, everyone's there to support you and help you and you have to I won't let it get in in my way because it's it's something that I can control and it's something that I want to do and I won't mm. as difficult as it is at times I won't let it get in the way obviously I have moments <laughs> i'm not saying i've, I've gone to moments. every single event i've been invited to i've had my days you know yeah. um well i think it's best to just maybe stay home go to the gym do a little self-care yeah. and stuff which is absolutely needed but you know whenever i'm given the chance to i always think why i see everyone else do it i'm not less than anyone else you know we're all equal here so mm. why can't why can't i do it too if i want to it's a very interesting mindset to have. Um, mm. And I only say interesting because I had, I have the exact same mindset. Mm. Um, when it came to tennis, I'll keep a long story short, but I taught myself tennis and I wasn't um, gifted at it by any means. I had a very mm. academic schooling. So sports was very, very far on the background, but I had that exact same mindset. Like, if someone else can do it, why not me? So I started looking yeah. at people who I thought were really good at it and then emulating them as best I could and got mm -hmm. a lot further than probably anyone, probably further than I had any right to. Um, I want to ask, I um, in, in that book that I mentioned before, I interviewed a woman who had my hairdresser actually, who mm -hmm. had extreme depression, um, clinically mm -hmm. diagnosed, bipolar, was on medication. Mm -hmm. And um, before it was diagnosed, she would be told things like, I'll just go and walk it off right? So clinically yeah. depressed. And someone would yeah. say, and I don't mean it's like ill-intentioned advice. It was said no. with the best intention, but it's said with a misunderstanding as to just what depression is and how yeah. real it is. And it's not just yeah. something that's in your mind. Um, and I just want to ask with anxiety, because I've suffered from depression. I have been suicidal twice. I outlined that in that book. I haven't mm -hmm. suffered from anxiety as much. So I just wanted to ask, have you had similar experiences when you are anxious and people give you well-intentioned advice without really understanding what it means to be anxious? Yeah, sometimes the advice thing is I take everything with a pinch of salt because, okay. because I know it's my mind telling me, you know, you just feel trapped. You feel like the world is moving, for, yeah. moving quickly and you can't catch up. It's a very yeah. difficult emotion to describe because everyone experiences it slightly differently. Yeah. So it feels like you're in a glass tank and the water's rising and you don't know what to do. And, you know, as time goes on, you get more nervous because it's coming up and you're looking for yeah. anything to just drain the water out kind of thing. Yeah. 
And sometimes when people speak, no matter what they say, if I don't drink that water myself, it's not going down. <laughs> so, you know, people try and they say, oh, but it's okay. Like, and in my head, I know it's okay. <laughs> I know they're speaking, they're making sense. But you can't, when you're within the constraints of your own mind, you can't see mm. beyond that until it kind of passes by. But the only thing you can do in those moments is have some sort of understanding, like, okay, this is that moment. I just have to sit yeah. down to it. It will pass. I always think this will pass. It will pass. It might mm-hmm. take 10 minutes. It might take a couple of hours, but this will pass because it has done. I've survived it every single time. So why wouldn't yeah. it this time around? So that's what I always, always think. So if there's someone out there who has a friend who's anxious would you be able to give obviously it's individual that's that's part of the the challenge with it but if someone they know is being anxious or having even let's say a panic attack what what sort of advice could you give them i'll preface that by saying with depression i i often tell people that people are worried about talking to someone who's depressed because they think it will make it worse or they think they have to have a solution i would say no 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 you just no. need to be there and you need just to listen, there, yeah. not listen to respond, which just is different, listen. but listen to understand and just yeah, be yeah. there. I always so, tell my friends, like, if you need someone to talk at, <laughs> like, if yes. you don't want a response, because sometimes, you know, that can sway. If you don't want me to respond, you just need to get something off your chest. You can talk at me yeah. and I'll be there to listen to every word. You just need someone to listen. And in yeah. something like if something's have someone's having like a panic attack, anxiety attack, in the moment that the mind is thinking so irrationally, the mind is so mm. far from the, the thinking with such a distorted filter, yeah. not much that you say will get through, you know, will register in that moment. So you have to be there, listen to them, understand them, try and, you know, what would you do in that situation and mm. try and calm them down in a way that doesn't disregard their feelings. Like, don't say something like, mm. oh, but that's, it's it's okay. You know it's okay. Like, don't yeah. be like this. There's no need, like, don't just be there. Tell them everything's okay. Tell them that they they are fine. Like, this is so normal. I always tell my friends, like, it's so normal to feel this way. Don't think mm. now, don't get scared of, oh my gosh, I can't believe I, I, that was my reaction. Many people yeah. have anxiety attacks, panic attacks at different degrees, but- yeah many people have it and it's not it's a very it's an emotion that makes you feel very isolated you think no one understands what i'm feeling yeah many people understand what you're feeling to different degrees obviously with different situations but chances are the person you're speaking to at some point will be anxious Mm. nervous mental health is something that affects everyone at one point unfortunately whether it's you're nervous for a job or you some financial issue family anything It will affect everyone. And the, the challenging thing is you can't see it. It's mm. not like when someone breaks their leg, you can see it. You're like, oh, <laughs> you can't see it. But that's the difficulty of it. And I always urge everyone, if you are struggling mentally with anything, reach out for help to people you trust, people who aren't, you know aren't going to judge you in any way. Because if you yeah. reach out to someone who is then like judgmental or disregards you, it's it can do the opposite effect. I always say, talk to someone who supports you, who accepts you and loves you. And if not, speak to a professional. Because yeah. it's if for me, if someone's going through something mentally and they don't speak to a professional, it's like breaking your wrist. I'm not getting a cast on it. 
you have mm. to heal in a proper way. If not, it's going to leave scars that will reopen in the future if you don't, you know, close those chapters properly. So I just said, everyone who's dealing with it, you are not alone. It's so normal. And speak about it because the more you speak about it, the less isolated you'll feel. If you have a friend or a family member or someone who's going through this, just be understanding. They're not trying to be rude by cancelling plans. They're mm. not being selfish by staying by themselves at home. Like, it's not that. It's they're doing anything that they can, anything that they see fit that will fix this wave of whatever it is that they're going through. Um, and in general, I think everyone just has to be more thoughtful of one another because you, we're very quick to judge. We're very quick to say, oh, well, this person didn't show up to work because they don't feel like coming or whatever. But no, maybe that person is going through something you have no idea about. Yeah. And it, it yeah. shows in different ways. Like, again, everyone says, you, you're not, you don't seem like you're an anxious, yeah. shy person. And I'm like, you can't be anxious. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah. You have you hide no it idea. Well. But. You know, just we all just have to be kind to one another because you don't know what someone's going through. You never do. So just, you know, treat others like you would want to be treated. And that's that. I think if everyone was more loving and empathetic of each other, the world would just be, you know, just spin with love instead, which is all we could ever hope for. I've asked this of several people. Um, do you feel optimistic about that? We live in a very divided world um yeah. at the moment and we have social media yeah. which amazing as it is comes with its own set of dangers i think that's increased judgment and i think that's increased the danger of comparison as in you open yes. social media and it's almost like you can't help it like you see it and you can you see someone's mm -hmm. post and they look like they're living the life they're crushing it and you immediately go oh but i'm not doing that and i should be doing that or yeah, do yeah. better than them so how optimistic are you that let's say in the next 10 years, 20 years, that we really can sort of turn a corner and walk away from this sort of divisive path mm -hmm. that we're going down and bring mm -hmm. it back to, as you said, like just being kind to one another or understanding. Yeah, yeah. It seems so basic. Yet at the yeah. same time, I don't think we're going towards that at the moment. I, I feel like we're walking away from it. I think everything's becoming more like we live in the world of social media we have yeah. more time on our phone and we project a certain life on social media that's different yeah. to the life that we have really so people who know me for example on instagram alone will describe me way differently to my best friends who know i'm nervous and shy and you know like so we live in a world that's you know again comparison and stuff like that but i think mm. we again we have to have some sort of insight to it and just think like i always see photos and i think oh my gosh I don't look like that. <laughs> I don't look like that. I need to do this or I need to do that. And I think I don't look like that, but chances are neither does the girl in the photo. She More doesn't actually look like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I can't, I can't compare. I have to, I look at my profile and I think, how can I make my profile better to describe mm. me? And how do I want this to look? I don't look at anyone else's. Well, I do, but I don't, I try not <laughs> to like compare anything. Yeah. But in the world, I mean, everyone's just so I don't know how what word I'd use to describe it everyone's not selfish but everyone is so on their own path that they're inconsiderate to yeah. the others and I've always said you yeah. do whatever makes you happy you mm. can be whatever you want do whatever makes you happy as long as you don't hurt anyone in the process 
Mm. And I feel like some people forget that last bit. <laughs> and, you know, we go about our lives and it's like, well, I'm happy. It doesn't affect, you know, I'm good. I'm happy. So, so be it. But, mm. you know, coming from a place like Gibraltar, like as a global issue, coming from a place like Gibraltar, we're a multicultural, multi-religious society. We always have been. We always mm. will be. And, you know, in our main square, we have a cathedral, a synagogue and a mosque in a tiny radius. And I love how we can, we all go to our different places Mm. of worship. We do our thing. And then we all sit in Little Rock Cafe and have a drink together. Like, and I just see if I can see such acceptance and all these worlds working as one, because in Gibraltar, we're very united. Whatever is thrown at us, whether it's harsh border control, Brexit, whatever it is, we all support each other. And I think that's why we always come back stronger. Like we are the tiniest place, mm. but we say like, we we stand tall, we like our rock and nothing is going to make us, us down. But that is because we are each other's number one fan and we respect each other and we work together. And if I can see that on such a small scale, I find it so hard to understand why it can't happen on a larger scale, why other countries can't be like that. They're so divided. But again, maybe it's easier to be divided when you when you don't know each other so much. I think that's one of the benefits of being in a place like Gibraltar. You love everyone because you know them. They're your neighbor. You went to school with them. You mm. know you know everyone. You don't know everyone like personally, but you know of everyone. So you obviously, you've got a lot of love to give there and we all support each other. And I just don't know why the rest of the world can't learn from something from a little rock. You've got a lot to show. And it's a shame that most people don't know that much about us. I think you should work if there is a Gibraltarian <laughs> tourist board. I think you should work for them. My dad's the so good. <laughs> well, there you go. Because the way you spoke just made me want to go and visit Gibraltar. I mean, the, the yeah. picture you just painted of those three different places of worship, that yeah. that is particularly striking to me. Yeah. Because we have this with the entrance to the Mediterranean. So obviously mm. there was a time that Gibraltar was just a bit of a no man's land kind of thing. So just there, just a rock. It wasn't really, now it's reclaimed. So it looks a bit bigger for me. Gibraltar's decently sized. <laughs> but it's because it's like reclaimed at first. It was just whatever was within the city walls. Yeah. That was the city. That's it. And it's, you know, I think there's more area. There's more, it's the fact that there's more area inside the rock than outside the rock. And mm. it takes longer to go up the rock than across Gibraltar. <laughs> so, you know, we were just this tiny little place, but if you had to, if you wanted to enter from the Atlantic or if you wanted to leave the Mediterranean, you'd have to cross us. Yeah. And in the time of like when people are traveling and stuff like that, many people stayed there. So we have mm-hmm. a mix of so many different um, cultures, so many different ethnicities that we've all just kind of blended into our own little thing. But it's easy to, because I've lived with it so much and every, like my school friend, my neighbor, we all, we all look different but we all live the same not the same lives but we're all in the same place accepting each other being with each other learning together that this whole disparity of and like you know i'm trying to say this division of different like cultures and stuff for me just doesn't make sense i'd never look at someone differently because they look different they sound different you know I, in university again i sounded so strange compared to everyone else i went there thinking oh i don't have an accent I don't have an accent at all. <laughs> because obviously everyone in Gibraltar more or less speaks like me. I was like, oh, yeah. I speak English. Like, and then I got there and everyone was like, where do you come from? 
and you know I'd never because I've lived with in the environment that I do it's very easy to accept and see different cultures because I see it every day at home yeah and I, not only do I see it every day I'm part of it it's something that we all share for example it was Ramadan recently and I was invited to um, break the fast in some places because you know they invite like different public figures sometimes so I was invited I take part we all celebrate Christmas we all do the events for different um mm. like Diwali and stuff like that we're all there in the main street like it's we all celebrate together because we of course we come from different places but we're all Gibraltarian so yeah. we love and support each other in that way and we can relate to each other in that way like you can celebrate your office when I'm here to like applaud you and celebrate mm. with you and it's nothing that I would ever stop like yes I believe in something different but I still see the beauty in yours and as long as you don't yeah. you know infringe on mine great you know I'll be there to support you so I wish more people and other countries bigger countries could think in the same way because I think a lot of um just a lot of tension that there is out there mm in simple things like that would really ease if everyone had the mindset that we do. I think what you've just highlighted is the difficulty when when you don't live with something, when you don't understand it, because, you know, we all le lead busy lives and sometimes we don't seek to understand other people. Um, you guys all live in such a small area that you have, I think, grown to learn that you guys have more in common then you have yeah. that's different and I yeah. think that has helped helped you guys unify have you given any thought to how you because I mean you spoke really beautifully about it and I think it's a very powerful mm -hmm. message have you given any thought to how you could represent that message on the international stage it's a difficult one because um I'm one person <laughs> I'm yes. one person with my own like um background you know what I mean I you yeah. know, the surname Torres is quite like Hispanic, of so course. obviously I can't relate yeah. to like the the Arabic surnames and stuff. It would be very difficult for me to do that because it's not my let's say my mm. ethnicity or whatever. But I will always, whenever asked, I will always highlight the fact that we are a mixed um, city, and we always have been, and we always will be, and nothing will get. I think we've created our own little culture from that Gibraltarians. Yeah stem from that there's no look to a Gibraltarian there's no you know mm -hmm. what I mean some of like my best friends two of my best friends are blonde with blue eyes and then I look like this <laughs> and then you know I'm, we all look different so there's we've just stemmed from many different beautiful cultures and it's just come together in harmony and it's something that I'll always highlight because it's very important if I cast your mind forward to mm -hmm. Miss World itself and let's say um, lightning strikes twice and you are crowned as Miss World. And as, as we discussed, there's precedent. 2009, um, Gibraltar won. Um, what would you do? What would I do? What wouldn't I do? <laughs> I'd do everything I can. I think, obviously, let's realistically, one tiny voice from the tiniest place isn't mm. going to make a difference like isn't going to change the world but if you if i've been given the chance to be a catalyst in some sort of mm. way forward like obviously given a platform that big people are going to listen to you so as long as i you know speak positive messages down one of the world's biggest microphones hopefully that will resonate with some people and 
you know, we get more people on board to make specific changes. I'm very mm. heavy on the charity side of things. I've helped with countless charities in Gibraltar. I try and do everything because I like it. You know, I meet different people. I learn about different charities and that's, it, it helps so many people. Um, that, yeah, I, I do a lot of charity work, I think. And obviously I'd want to be, you know, representative of women of women from small places, I'd be representative. Everyone thinks like, oh, you're only going to represent 30,000 people. I'm like, yes, but I rep I also represent people from small places. I represent people, British citizens. I represent yeah. people who are a bit mixed. I represent, you know, there's, Gibraltarians can represent a lot. And also being a girl who has struggled with anxiety for so long. And it's mm. the perfect example of it doesn't define you. And it doesn't. Yeah it's not a barrier to your success if you don't allow it to. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd just be an advocate for all these different things that I've been through and I've come out the other end because I want people to feel the same. And, you know, yeah. in terms of Gibraltar, I want everyone to see like all these positive sides. I want people to see that and a platform like Miss World would be amazing. And obviously I'd advocate for women in science. I'd do stuff like that, obviously, you know, I'd do little music related things, but it's still a long way away. <laughs> and obviously Gibraltar's only placed twice. So I'm just going to go have a great time, meet everyone. And yeah, I'll, I'll obviously just do the best I can. It's all I could have asked of myself. <laughs> you mentioned that um, one of your role models was Marie Curie. Yeah. the female scientist. Um, do you want to tell the audience why? They may not be familiar with your background. So she was the first woman to, be, to win a, prize, a Nobel Peace Prize from science. And she discovered two elements. I think it's radium. Radium, radium was one of them. Radium was radium, one of them. I can't remember the other. Yeah. I can't remember the other one, but radium was one. And that's the whole, you know, radioactive side of healthcare so like radiology and stuff like that without her work and her discoveries we probably wouldn't have everything that we have today and it's just at a time where women were so you know put to the sidelines kind of thing for her to say no like this you know I'm I'm equal and I can do this and look at all the work I've done it doesn't stop me just because I'm a woman you're not gonna listen to her yeah. that happened in science quite a lot um back in the day back in the day like ages ago um years ago <laughs> like a year ago um yeah I think she's a perfect example of like perseverance and saying I know I trust in myself I know I've worked hard and this is something that everyone has to know and thank god that she took that path because we have so mm. many scientific discoveries and breakthroughs because of certain elements like the ones she discovered that have helped in medicine or in some sort of rehab healthcare rehabs that um yeah. we wouldn't we wouldn't have today so i look up to people who you know despite what life throws at them even at the time it was just being a woman um despite what life throws at them they they persevere and they say no like i've got an important message and everyone has to hear it one way or another yeah did you know that her um her notes and all, all her memorabilia it's all encased in lead because it became yeah. so contaminated with radiation that it's unsafe. Yeah, lead is, is one of the most impermeable um, yeah. elements, yeah. 
So I yeah. just think it's fascinating that, I mean, she made such groundbreaking discoveries, um, which ultimately didn't turn out so well for her health-wise. Yeah. But um, so she's made such a lasting impression. Much at that time. No, no. When so she didn't know any better. <laughs> no, none of us would have. Um, mm -hmm. Faith, just before we move towards the end and the final mm -hmm. 10, is there anyone that you'd like to give a shout out to for supporting you along your journey? Oh my gosh, I get nervous with these questions. I'm like, who do I have? Because so many people to thank. Well, firstly, I thank obviously my friends and my family for being so supportive from the beginning to the end. I want to shout out to my niece Isabel for convincing me to join Mr. Broadham because <laughs> she did Miss Teen. <laughs> right. And she's like, it's the best thing. I've had so much fun. Like, and uh, oh my gosh, out to her, my director Kelvin for being, you know, my biggest supporter in everything that I do. Um, and everyone who's made this possible from makeup artists to hairstylists, everyone who helps me in my everyday, all the charities that I'm constantly being invited to. Thank you because your messages are important and I want to, you know, give you a platform where I want to share my platform with people who make a difference, like mm. work for charity. So, yeah, and shout out to Gibraltar. You're just so cool and so I'm so grateful for your unwavering support. Everyone, everyone is so, so supportive and I couldn't ask for it much more. Just a quick one. If there are some charities out there who would like to work with you, what's the best way to get in touch? Instagram, um, email? My main social media platform is Instagram. Um, there's okay. a Facebook page, but I don't have access to that. I think only the directors have access to that. For me personally, get to my Instagram, either through the Mr. Bolter official one or the Faith Bolter's one. Yep. Um, and my email is linked onto the profile. So. Perfect whenever like honestly my and even if it's not like an official thing like my dms are mm. open anyone if you're going through anything and don't know who to speak to i always say i'm there to help my dms are open and like i know what it is so i will be there to support you so please if you want to message me message me <laughs> don't hesitate we can talk about whatever you want perfect well let's go through these final 10 questions and then we can get you to lunch uh, what's for lunch by the way today oh, hungry. Not sure. Don't I'm thinking Italian. I'm nuggets. always thinking Italian. <laughs> I don't understand people who don't like Italian food. I'll just yeah, state literally. that much. It's like the best cuisine. Um, <laughs> final 10 questions. Number one, what is your favorite word? My favorite word? Hmm. This is difficult because I speak two languages, so there's loads of words. <laughs> You have more to choose from. It doesn't I have to be in English, by the to way. Choose from, well, I think the word Janita, because that is like our slang for Gibraltarian. It's Janito, Janita. Only a few people know. It's also the name of the dialect that we speak, even though it's less than a certain number of people. It's a dead language. We started as a dead language, but anyway, <laughs> I love it. I'd always say I'm I'm proud to be Janita. On National Day, I write Janita down my arm. <laughs> Perfect. How do you spell it? Double L-A-N-I-T-A. That is not what I thought it was going to be. I know, I know. And I like that it's a Gibraltarian word. <laughs> wow. That, you know what's so weird about that is that that's similar to Welsh spelling. Welsh yeah. spelling starts with yeah. a lot of consonants and yeah. a lot of, like, no vowels. That sounds yeah. very The Welsh. double L in Spanish is yeah. Yeah. But, you know southern accent <laughs> it turns into a bit of a zh. it's a bit harsher um 
So yeah, Janita, Yanita, you can okay. say it however you want. But yeah, it's a it's a double L. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, number two, what is your least favorite word? Oh my gosh, there was a word I couldn't say very well. I don't remember when I went to uni, everyone was like, what? <laughs> I think it was I can't say the word compilation, compilation. Compilation? I can't say it. Compilation. Compilation. I just it just doesn't come up. <laughs> it's something that I, I try to avoid saying. Okay. Well, the more you speak it, the probably the worse it gets. So yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. Um, number three in life, what gets you excited? What turns you on? Excited. Like, I think when I'm looking forward to something, you know what I mean? Like to either, I always try and have something to look forward to. Because if not, I don't want to get into my own head about things. Like, even if I make one goal every single day, I try and meet those goals. So what gets me excited, I love making, like, little plans for my day. I've got this little board up in my room with every day. And every week I tear off the the thing. And I have everything color-coded. I'm a bit of a nerd like that. I have everything color-coded. Um, so, yeah, it gets me excited when I can sit down, like, on a Sunday. And I'm like, next week. <laughs> and I start writing everything down. Because it gives me things to look forward to, you know, it gets me up yeah. in the morning, it gets me excited to go meet different people, work on myself, you know, do different things. So yeah, I think in a more condensed way, being, you know, well prepared and being, you know, having something to look forward to always, yeah. you know, gets me up and yeah. gets me moving. You sound like a goal focused person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was what turns you on. Number four, what turns you off? Hmm. Oh, when people are disrespectful, unmotivated, when people try and get in, you know, get in the way, try and put doubts in my mind. One of those things, you know, when just, I don't, it might be a stupid thing, but you know, when the vibe is just off, <laughs> when you yeah. enter a room and you're like, you guys are sad today, <laughs> that something is up and everyone, you know, it just doesn't, not everyone is in harmony that in that moment. It's like a bit of a bit of a pressure I feel pressure I don't want to be there <laughs> I I describe it I describe those people as people who can suck the energy out of the room like yeah. the, whatever you room they go into it just like even if I'm in a low mood or whatever I'd rather just sit quietly than say yeah. something negative yeah I'd rather sit yeah. quietly than say something negative so when people don't choose that I'm like why <laughs> why have you decided to be like this <laughs> well because misery loves company. That's why. Yeah. Uh, number five, what sound or noise do you love? Sound or noise? Mm. I tell you, oh, I can tell you what I hate. <laughs> That's the next question. That's the next question. Okay, well, That's okay. the next question. A sound I love. I love the sound. This is probably because I'm from Gibraltar, but I love the sound of the ocean. Yes. crashing onto the sand yeah. it's 100%. so relaxing there are some days yeah. in summer where you can go so early to the beach and it's so peaceful and yeah. oh, it's just so soothing you hear the birds going over the streets it's so so nice i love that natural environment of that the nature the sound of nature in whatever form the sounds of nature it, everyone in the uk is just hating on you right now because you're yeah. basically there's nowhere in the uk oh where you gosh. can have that happening australia probably but not the probably. UK. everyone who's landlocked is like really girl 
yeah. you have to go now yeah <laughs> okay then the next question which you uh, predicted what sound or noise do you hate this sounds stupid but i think everyone with an iphone can relate the iphone gives a notification when it it believes that your music is too loud <laughs> and it turns the music down for you and it's so annoying because i'll have my headphones on i'm there like in the gym or i'm walking somewhere i'm like bopping to my own vibe and then all of a sudden here ring, and the music switches off like oh it goes really quiet <laughs> and then i look at my phone and it says sounds and haptics and it's like your volume is very loud or something of those lines and i'm like well i didn't ask you to turn down i don't know why so i always turn it up like no matter how many times it gives me that notification i'm like i don't know i'm having a great time having my own little silent disco having a great time and it just gets annoying oh you can turn that off that feature you can turn it off really yeah i turned it off on mine because i don't like being told when my music is too loud so exactly I, turned it off. I wasn't clear enough to <laughs> to try to turn it off i just thought it was there all the time i thought oh, gosh how annoying <laughs> when you need your loud music you need your loud music that's for yeah. sure. uh <laughs> question number seven if you could have any one superpower what would you pick and why this isn't it's probably not like the wisest superpower i could probably go more interesting but i would okay. like teleport because i take so long to get ready <laughs> i'm one of those people who arrives like just on time and it's an awful quality to have i know i'm aware but i get so stressed out like when i'm like, well i hope i get there on time that i always go late so if i could just ready <laughs> and back into the place i think it would you know, ease the stress and it would, you know, the times that I do go late, it would like save me from a lot of embarrassment. <laughs> so yeah, teleportation. And also I could go wherever I want, whenever I want. Just be like, hmm, I'm in the mood for Italian. Rome. Mm. <laughs> that would be amazing, that would be the dream. Whenever uh, I have to go to university to study, the whole plane that way <laughs> and yeah. plane back, it was just, it's just not necessary. It's obviously necessary, but I didn't like going through it. Right? Unless you plan on walking or running yourself, yeah. it's necessary. <laughs> I'll swim. It's like, no, that would have been amazing. Done. Uni, <laughs> go back home the week, every week. If I could do that, I'd be up here every weekend. Because there were times where there it's freezing cold. And here mm. it was nice and sunny. I'd see my friends on Instagram, yep. like going out. And I'm like, I'm yep. freezing. <laughs> I'm freezing here. If I could just snap in and out of places, that would be amazing. <laughs> no one has ever said, oh, my God, the UK weather is fantastic. That is not a sentence that has ever no, been said ever, ever. in history and will ever be said unless something goes catastrophically wrong with global warming. Um, we're seeing the effects of that already because last summer there were houses on fire, temperatures were outrageous in the UK, yeah. Roads were melting. It was It was bad. And unfortunately, that's going to be the coldest summer from now on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, dare I ask how long it takes you to get ready? You said it takes you forever to get ready. Are we talking <laughs> hours? I be, like, no, not hours. But I, that's I not that bad like, then. Come on. No, it's not hours. It's not hours because, okay, so I know I can't do my makeup that well. <laughs> so I keep it very... I keep it to the bare minimum. Like today, mm -hmm. mascara and eyeliner. Because I know I'm not that good. So if I keep it to the basics, I can't go that yep. wrong. Yeah. And But there are some times where I'm like, right, I have to actually 
do the whole thing and because I'm so cautious with everything I do because I know I'm not the most artistic person it just takes me so long like my makeup could take me 45 minutes an hour and then my hair my hair now looks quite tame I've done the straightener and it looks like this <laughs> so yeah my hair takes quite long as well especially in jib the ends quite sticky because we get all the salt water humidity and the humidity. Yeah. it's so sticky that my hair is like it, it loves to do this but when i've got when i come out in like a slick ponytail or a slick yeah. bun you know i didn't have time to do my hair firstly or the weather is not is not it <laughs> yeah uh number eight what job other than your own would you most like to attempt Ooh, I'd go really out there with something like this. I'd say like a pilot or something. Something that I don't know. Not, not a yeah. pirate. A pilot. No, no, a pilot, a pilot. Like a plane. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'd a pirate. go something like... really out there, something really daring, because I'd say I'm quite safe in my lab. <laughs> my lab, in the lab. Doing my little tests, you know, taking the little things, calling, getting the notes from doctors and stuff. It's It's very fun. But, you know, doing something like flying a plane. I don't know. It's just something that I'd never imagine myself doing. And if I do that, I try and land it in Gibraltar because apparently it's one of the diff most difficult runways to land on. Everyone says on that. that. Run it's like on that no runway that's got a street going across. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that we've would got be something. The, the crosswinds coming from either side of the rock, and we've got the north face of the rock. So we've got this massive meter, like 400, 500 meter mountain right next to a. You can't have high buildings next to runways. So we don't have, but we do have the highest thing, like the biggest thing. But yeah, apparently it's it's really difficult and there's not much space as well. Like I no, remember I always seventeen hundred meters long. Apparently. I always get scared, like whenever they start the the descending pattern, I'm, I always look out the window, I'm like, I'm so close to the water right now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so but it happens every single time. It's something I can't get used to. I'm like, I'm so close to the water. And then all of a sudden we hit a runway. And the brakes are literally slammed because we have a certain amount of space. It's so short. you see everyone yeah. in the plane go boom, like forward, like that. <laughs> but yeah, so, I go. I do a job that's really out there and really daring and brave. Have you ever jumped out of a plane? No. Oh my god, no! <laughs> How scary! It might be something that I want to try someday, just to say that I've done it. It's one of those things like yeah, I've done this, you know, <laughs> but. Oof, you really have to have some courage. <laughs> you have to really have bravery <laughs> to it's, go and do something like that. It's not difficult. You just have to, um, you just get kicked out the plane. I will say that I think Dubai has some very good skydiving. I know. Maybe, maybe when I'm there. <laughs> I mentally prepare myself now. I've got some time. <laughs> uh, what about number nine? What job would you definitely not like to attempt? Ooh thing is I'm someone that's open to learning so many different things like I'm I'm not really opposed to anything and I think you know I I wouldn't do anything that is like how do I explain it I like I wouldn't want to be a politician or anything like that because you're always treading on dangerous ground <laughs> you know what I mean I wouldn't want to deal with I wouldn't want to have the responsibility of so many people's lives and future in my yeah. hands but i think i don't know it's because i don't again back to the whole anxiety i don't trust myself i don't know if i if i could do that chances are if i probably work towards it and work hard yeah you know it, it would be a difficult thing to get into because 
it's generally you could have all the qualifications and it is a difficult thing to get into. Of course. But I'd, I'd just be very, I don't think I'd be brave enough to take on such a, you know what I mean? Such, such a, such a role that is you, many people like depend on that kind of thing. Sure. No, I mean, I would be able to. <laughs> I think you might be, you might be selling yourself a little bit short there. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you could if you want. I could. To, but I you could. don't have to. The, the I'm not saying you should. I wouldn't want to. The pressure of it is just so mad. And now I just see, like, obviously, when for the past few years I've been watching like all this talk of Gibraltar and Brexit and this and that and mm. referendum and the border and this. Uh, it's just so much information, and so mm. many people rely on it. And whatever the the decision you make now is going to affect generations. Yeah. And I just can't deal with that kind of pressure. I can't do it. What about our final question? If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at oh the pearly gates? I'd, I'd just want to hear, I'm proud of you. For whatever it is that I've done, even if it's, I've helped one person one day or I didn't the right decision, a difficult decision, or if I influenced many people or I made a difference somehow, no matter how small, even, you know, if it's just that home in Gibraltar, even if I leave a little positive mark somewhere, um, that is like my, I'm happy with that. So mm. I'd want, and I'm, I'm determined <laughs> to, in some scale, make that happen. So just hearing, I'm proud of you it's all going to be okay. Everyone you've left behind is okay. Cause obviously yeah. by that time I would have a family of my own and stuff. And that's the only thing that like scares me really, because I have such faith. <laughs> I have such faith. Um, and I wouldn't consider myself a religious person, but I definitely believe like I definitely do. So just a simple, I've taken care of you. I'm proud of you. And you are just enjoy be at peace with everyone here that would be amazing and just i'd, I'd also like some hope for the world that i leave behind because now the path that we're going as you said before doesn't seem too promising yeah but i would hope that god has some positive outcome to everything which i do wholeheartedly believe so just some kind words of you i'm proud of you whatever it is that you did you've done it well and the world is going to be okay. Like you've left it behind, but trust, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, bonus question, just for my curiosity, being a fellow classical musician, what's your favorite piece to play on the piano? Oh, I love Chopin. I love Chopin because he's, I'm, I'm a very much romantic pianist, mm -hmm. I'd say. Like I, I don't really like the very measured Baroque kind of style. Yeah. It just doesn't, I can't, I don't, I feel very restrained. I can't express yeah. myself. So there are certain pieces like that incorporate impressionism and stuff like that, that allow me to really let go and perform and push and pull time. And I feel like with Chopin, I can really do that. For my A-levels, I played Nocturne in C-sharp minor. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my favorite pieces. It's I was going to so, guess that one. Yeah, it's just so, I can express myself quite well. And I yeah. also played Debussy um, mm -hmm. from, you know, the series of pieces, Children's Corner. I yeah. played the first one, I forgot what it was yeah. called. It's got like a Latin name. 
um I played that one and just the just the fun that you can have and the way you can you play with the piano not necessarily the piano like plays the music you play with it it just gives so much scope for for expression dynamic interest like there's just so much you can do so any piece that has that um you can ha have that leisure of you know yeah. doing making it your own and, and doing things like that I love I'm open to learning it and I love making it my own in some little way obviously there's rules when it comes to classical music classical as the umbrella as the umbrella yeah. term but obviously sure. there are certain genres eras <laughs> within that that allow you to push and pull the rules a little bit so yeah love that I'm with you about the Baroque versus the more modern pieces. I was never a huge fan of the Baroque period. Um, with the violin, it was things like, oh, you know, you can't do vibrato and you can't, you can't be too expressive because that's not yeah. the way it was supposed to be. And I was like, well, you know, it was written 200 years ago. I'm going to do yeah. it the way I want. But apparently you're yeah. not allowed to do that. You find um, your own style. So obviously, you, and yeah. the way that you're comfortable, I think I'm a very expressive person when I play. I don't know if I've got a video on facebook of me playing but i'm very i play with my whole <laughs> my whole being like I, I move quite there are a some bit. classical musicians who when they play they're about to fall off the piano i, do, that... I move i move like that <laughs> and obviously in something like baroque music i don't have time to do, to that. do that and yeah. i can't it would be it would be you know for the era that it was it would just be wrong to do that so yeah. i obviously lean towards the not so much modern but the impressionism yeah. romantic yeah. kind of yeah. but sometimes it's yeah. it's fun to be able to uh, play with people's expectations isn't it yeah, push yeah, the yeah. boundaries a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. well faith that's about it thank yeah. you so much for coming on thank you so much for having me i was super nervous at first i wasn't gonna say that <laughs> you're like how are you i wanted to say i am so nervous right now no but i've had a great time just letting everyone know a bit about me about my beautiful little rock love it so thank you for giving me like... this opportunity and giving me the platform to share this with everyone. It absolutely sounds like an amazing place. I will have to visit the next time I'm, I'm over that way. How, how long should I put it? Did you Do you really think one day is enough? Because you mentioned somewhere no, like one day. You could, I'm saying like you could do the touristic sites, like the Mursh right. Castle, the World War Tunnels and the Siege Tunnels. You could do all that at okay. in one day. But I'd still, I'd say, get a day to go to the beach, then get a day to, like, go to the town. Just you know, I'd okay. spend like. Thing is, I'd I'd spend forever. <laughs> I'd spend yeah, forever. Yeah. I, I love it. So I'm obviously I want to say something like one week, two weeks. Realistically, okay. four five days. Oh, a week. You've got the you've got the gist of everyone and everything. Yeah, but you know, it takes a few days to enjoy the food. So uh, that's yeah. what I'll be doing. Oh my gosh, yes. I can give you so many nice places to go to. <laughs> that, 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 that's how I travel, by going to the different restaurants. Um, I do that as well when I'm like, I'm going this summer with my family to Italy and Greece. And we're okay. already looking. We have like a thing of, okay, <laughs> what menu. restaurant shall we go to? <laughs> Taking <laughs> a, a guided tour. Other, like, oh, this is highly rated and this is this and this is that. Love it. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Well, I will let you go and get lunch. Um, yes. I'll wish you best of luck um, at the internationals, whenever, wherever that whenever happens. Whenever it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks, everyone, for watching, whether it's live on the replay, and we will speak to you next time. Bye Thank for you. now.
Hey, thanks so much for watching. Sorority Access is now open. So if you'd like to join an amazing group of women and learn how to be the most powerful, confident, and impactful queen possible, head to thepageantsorority.com. I'll see you there and see you in the next video.